people in the United States. For close to 20 years, Sidney was not only my consigliere, but my godfather and closest friend. <laughs> in the past year alone, two phone calls from him saved my ass, literally. The first to stop the heavy muscle from threatening not only my life, but my newborn kid as well. Get the fuck out of town, will you? We don't want nothing to happen to you or your kid, got it? Go to Kansas City, St. Louis. But you don't stay in New York. You ain't opening up for us here. No one's going to open up for you. That was the message from New York's Family Five. Hmm, nice message, huh? One call from Korshak and <laughs> threats suddenly turned to smiles and doors once closed opened with an embrace. Al Pacino had signed for another picture, the gang who couldn't shoot straight, and was contractually unavailable. A call from Korshak? <laughs> Pacino became available. Why was he not giving me heat? Come on, Sidney, it's a fucking movie. It'll be a bash, the biggest opening of the decade. Yeah, and he'll make it bigger. So what? It's my coming out party. He wants to be there. What's wrong with that? Nothing and everything. How's Allie? Fine. Is that all you can tell me? Yeah, why? Just asking. Did you fuck her yet? No. He hung up. I looked in the bedroom. Allie was still asleep, or at least pretending to be. The night before, she had flown in from El Paso on the Gulf and Western private jet without a moment's rest, starting with a 6 a.m. wake-up call on Sam Peckinpah's The Getaway. It was after one in the morning when she finally landed at Teterboro Airport in New Jersey during one of the worst March snowstorms in New York's memory. For the past hour, I'd been on the phone to Marlon Brando's agent, Marlon Brando's lawyer, Marlon Brando's manager, trying to persuade Marlon to fly from L.A. to New York for the world premiere of The Godfather. Brando had never gone to a premiere in his life, but months before he'd agreed to Godfather, the premiere of The Godfather. It would be his fuck you to the world, his comeback in spades. What a coup. It didn't last long. Anna Cashfee, Marlon's crazed ex-wife, kidnapped her son Christian. Marlon canceled out. Two days before the premiere, however, Christian was found, and I tasted the drama. It had to work. It had to work. Only one person could persuade Brando to make the opening, Christian's psychiatrist. I was waiting for her return call. When the loudspeaker announced the arrival of Allie's plane, I rushed to the gate to greet my lady. Against her strong wishes, I'd packed off to Texas to star with Steve McQueen in The Getaway. Two months had passed, and I hadn't once bothered to visit her on location. <laughs> Strange. The very lady who had hours before we married had whispered, I love you, Evans, I love you, then curling up beside me. Forever, Evans, forever. I whispered back to her, forever, darling. Then promise never leave me, promise. I promise you, baby, I won't. Not even for two weeks? <laughs> Not for one kid. I'm a hot lady, Evans. I held her and kissed her. Then never change, baby, never change. And never let anything get between us, heavens. Promise? I promise you, baby. Pale and windblown, she entered the terminal. Quickly we embraced. Instead of kissing her, I whispered, Wait here, I'm expecting a call. Evans, I'm exhausted. Can we get the call from the hotel, please? When I told her I couldn't chance missing it because it was a call from Brando's kid psychiatrist, she looked at me as if I were the one who needed a shrink, and she was right. She was asleep before she hit the bench. Allie McGraw, the biggest female movie star in the world, curled up in a waiting room of a freezing two-bit airport while her husband waited for a fucking phone to ring. It rang. For the next hour, Allie could have been back in El Paso as I went back and forth with Christian psychiatrist, trying to make her an offer that even Marlon couldn't refuse. A private jet for him and Christian, father and son sharing the accolades together. What better a union? Ah, the doctor wavered. I'll call you back. I've got him, I've got him, I said to myself, pacing back and forth, waiting for the phone to ring. It did. Anxiously, I grabbed the receiver. Brando? <laughs> he passed.
By now it was almost 3 a.m. I hustled Allie through the falling snow into the waiting limo. Before the door closed, she was asleep again, this time on my shoulder. Me? I was glad. I say thoughts had little to do with her. Only, how do I better Brando? Would you say I was a little sick? The next morning, the alarm blasted at 9.30. Instead of turning over to make love, I rushed to the phone instead. That was real smart, wasn't it? Weeks ago, I had invited Henry Kissinger to the premiere. My timing couldn't have been worse. The North Vietnamese offensive had just begun. Naturally, he begged off. Hello, this is Robert Evans. May I please speak to Dr. Kissinger? Well, Dr. Kissinger is with the president, Mr. Evans. He'll have to call you back. Have him call me as soon as possible. Please, it's urgent. Quicker than a junior agent at the William Morris Agency, within ten minutes, Kissinger was on the phone. Bob, Bob, what's the urgency? Henry, I got to tell you, I need you here tonight in New York. He laughed. When? Tonight. The Paris peace talks, Bob, they just blown apart. I know, Henry, I've read about it.